0: You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Pharmacy Podcast Nation, we are focusing on mental health in the pharmacist role, the state of mental health in America. Youth mental health is worsening. From 2012 to 2017, depression in youth increased from 8.6% to 13% of youth ages 12 to 17. And now, studies show 2 million youth have severe depression and anxiety. Mental health in adults, but suicidal intentions... And attempts has increased from 3% in 2012 of the population to 4% in 2017. That's over 10 million adults in the United States with serious thoughts of suicide. We're going to be focusing on mental health in this series. If you'd like to participate, please reach out to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Send us an email publisher at pharmacypodcast.com we thank you for your work as pharmacists and we're here for you please reach out together we can care for each other so that you the hub of healthcare, the pharmacist can care for communities across the nation three Clark County teenagers died from suicide in the first month of the school year a period that saw none last year. Prompting growing concerns about the mental health of kindergarten through 12th grade students among school leaders and advocates is becoming a huge, real problem. Deaths by suicide for ages are down this year compared with last year, according to Clark County Coroner's report. But for the 13 to 18 age group, it's slightly up. In 2019, Clark County saw 11 students between January 1st and January 24th, and 2020 has seen 13 for the same period. I'm Todd Uri, I'm founder of the Pharmacy Podcast. And I want to talk mental health today, specifically mental health in children and the impact of COVID-19 and coronavirus on children's mental health as well. I'd like to welcome back to the Pharmacy Podcast Nation, Rachel Yuri. Rachel is my second-born child, my daughter. I'm very proud of her. She's 11 years old. Rachel, welcome back to the Pharmacy Podcast
1: Hey dad, thank you for making another podcast with me. Hello everybody tuning in. I'm Rachel Yuri. I'm just I'm in 5th grade now and I hope you all are having a good day.
0: So Clark County that we were just talking about those statistics that was in Las Vegas. Oh. However, this issue with children and mental health and the impact of this pandemic, which is new for everyone. No one's ever gone through this. Anyone alive today hasn't gone through, in order to give testimony, such a serious pandemic, like, say, the flu of 1918, which was a huge pandemic. So I suppose there might be one or two people that are 104 or 103 years old out there in the world. But obviously, for the most case understanding how a pandemic impacts the emotional, effective, uh, well-being, healthy well-being of children is hard to gauge in in, in a real-world response. Plus, in 1918, we were going through a lot of other things. We were going through world wars. We were going through famines. We were going through um, serious economical um, issues that cause people to lose their jobs, and I I know that's happening today, but I kind of want to shift gears from the past, talk about the present, and specifically talk to you, Rachel, about mental health in children. So first of all, tell the listeners, try to remember what things were like in February with regards to you and school and how you felt about that. And then now that you are online.
1: Okay, so February 2020, the pandemic, I think, had made it to United States either in January or February. I can't remember correctly. Um, So we were all in school. We didn't think much of the virus. We just thought it was a normal February. And, um... There wasn't really much going on, just gr- my grandma and my mom were talking a bit about the pandemic and how they thought, oh, it's going to come into the United States and it's probably going to get bad. And it certainly did. Um, so that is what I remember of February.
0: So there's been lots of studies recently on the impact on mental health, and you know, I'm looking at one study that says, you know, there's lots of negativity out there. There's there's bad moods. There's parents that are more upset than usual. There's parents that are worried about money, and they bring that home to their families and to their children, and that goes on top of other stresses. Do you think you can feel more stress in your life with the pandemic or was it different without the pandemic?
1: Well, whenever the pandemic started, I, I wasn't too stressed out. I was like, "Yay, yeah, I get a break from school. I, like, I can get away from all the other kids. Um, and that sort of turned into over like six months. I wanted to get outside. I wanted to see more people, that kind of stuff. Well, now... I'm fine because I started going back to karate, and everything's fine now. And I've sort of got used to not doing anything, just sitting down on the couch and looking at the ceiling. Um, and, yeah, so not too much stress right now, no.
0: So, as a, as a parent, as your parent, I worry about how you're feeling and what you're going through. Um, I've started to interact with you when we're not together because I only get to see you every other weekend. So try to send you a postcard, try to reach out to you and make you laugh on Alexa. Just try to be as engaging as, as we can. And we do some video chatting. I worry as a parent about how you're emotionally doing and what you think is, is going on. So how do you deal with stress? Like how? There's some days where you probably don't feel happy. So when you feel like that, tell us about that. Tell us about how you deal with that.
1: So there will be just days where I just don't really feel like doing anything. I'm down for seemingly no reason. I just like to walk around the house, maybe play some video games on my Switch. Maybe I'll... Go up to mom and say hello and then just hug her randomly and then leave the room. <laughs> um, I don't, I, I, that's, I just try to hang out around my house whenever I'm stressed. Just try to find something to do because I know I can't really go out anywhere much. I mean, I can, but.
0: Hmm. So, do you think. Do you think that your stress right now has been heightened because of COVID-19 with regards to boredom, or do you think it's something else?
1: Um, It probably isn't boredom. COVID-19 has kind of made me adapt to, to boredom. Like, within the past two, three months, I can only remember being bored once. And all the other times, I just didn't feel bored, but it was in a situation where I should have felt bored. Like, I just did something, and I stopped doing the thing because I didn't want to do it anymore. And I was just sitting on the couch. I didn't feel the feeling of boredom, but... um, I don't know where my random stress comes from. Maybe it was a weird dream that I didn't remember, or... Eh.
0: So, because we... We're doing a lot more social distancing in the beginning. It's become a little, a little lax today in October, November than it was in February, March, April where people, governments, states really put strong policy and mandates on social interaction, restaurants being open. So you're not getting a lot of that stimulus that you used to get, that you could go to a restaurant, you could get something to eat, you could go out to lunch. Now that's kind of not here as, as it was. And social media has increased um, usage because as human beings, we can't help but to want to communicate with each other. It's part of what it is to be human. So social media's usage has actually increased. There's a movie on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. And it's a data-driven interview with people who help to invent engineered, like, so, like uh, software engineers. They help to invent Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of these social platforms. In this movie, Rachel... These engineers said how dangerous social media is for young kids where it's not teaching you to communicate like I did when I was your age. Because when I was your age, when I was 11, there was absolutely no such thing as social media. So if I wanted to communicate with my grandmother or my cousin, I either had to pick up the phone or I had to sit down and write a letter and literally smell the letter and it would take three or four days to get there. Then they'd read it. Sometimes they wouldn't answer back. Sometimes they would. It might take to get an answer back. And my goodness gracious, it could be a month, two months, three months. So that's kind of what we grew up with. And we had TV, we had some cable. I really didn't. I had antenna ears that would go on top of my television to try to get a signal, which you guys would think that was barbaric probably today. We didn't have video games. I think we might have had a Pong game where a light blip floated from one end to the TV screen to another. I've heard of that name
1: before. You've
0: heard of Pong? Yeah. So what I'm saying to you is your mother and I don't allow you to use social media yet because we think you need to understand how to communicate and deal with people without it being ingrained in you from the very beginning. Because there's children as young as two and three years old who are already being introduced to the tablet, the iPhone, you know, the, the screen, the almighty screen. Yeah. Now, we know that's impacted you. Because you're very much in, into screens, and you're into your Switch video game. You like playing, What's that one called?
1: Um, I will, With the all t- the little people. Uh, Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. Animal
0: Crossing. Which I think that's a very cool game. It makes you really think. It makes you gather stuff, and it's a little bit more analytical. Mm-hmm. However, the social media piece of life, or what that is for people, has not touched you yet. Now... Because having a phone in your hand is just normal today, whereas when I was eleven there was no such thing. A phone was on the wall, it had a big long cord on it. And do you know what rotary dialing was, Rachel?
1: Yeah, you turn the circle thing, you put your finger in it and you and then do you think <laughs> t- you it could? takes a really long time to dial it, yeah. apparently.
0: Do you think you could make a a phone call using a rotary phone?
1: Probably not. <laughs>
0: There are YouTube videos out there where a parent gives a rotary phone to like their preteens and asks them to dial a number and they can't do it. It's so funny.
1: If I wanted to call my mom, I have to go all the way to 4 and then the 1 and right. then the 2 and then I'm not going to say the rest of the phone number cuz I don't want any <laughs> weird people calling my mom.
0: <laughs> so, what do you think of mental health and what you think of that as an 11-year-old and The impact of social media on mental health where kids today, 8 years old, 10, 12, 15-year-old kids, don't know how to communicate without it. What do you think of that?
1: I feel like that's a little bit strange. They could just, like, they know how to use a phone. They have a, like, they can just go over to people's houses. I mean... They should have real-life friends, not just social media friends. Because that's a little unhealthy. You need social interaction because that's good for humans.
0: However, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. What it's like, it's like basically like nine months. The social interaction has really been lessened. You're not in school. You're not seeing your friends every day. So do you see what I'm trying to say to you? There's a balance. There's non, non-ability or non-social out there. Then there's social media. So for your mental health, Rachel, where's the balance between technology and in-person interaction and your mental health?
1: Well, I feel like I... So, I knew back in, let's say, maybe June, July, maybe even May, um, I wanted to be around people, that's why I was so stressed back then, but now that I get to see my karate friends every day, it's good, and yay. Um... And social media wise uh, in quarantine, I've been watching a lot of YouTube sort of like Lola whenever she comes down to the office, and yeah, that's the balance between me and social media. I just need to hang out with my friends maybe uh, just I, I need to hang out with someone of my I need to be around someone around my age at least one hour a week in order for me to say stay sane.
0: So there's an organization and magazine called Parents Together, and they did a study just last month. And they did a questionnaire, and a portion of it went out to 2 million members that have enrolled in parents-together.org. And of those 2 million members and their children, they wanted to find out how they were really feeling six months into this pandemic And the results were really, really sad. So 70% of the children surveyed felt more sad. They were more worried and overwhelmed than before the pandemic. 45% of the respondents said they felt sad, some a lot of the time, or in the past week. And 40% felt scared a lot of the time within that past week. And in some households households i guess the median income was $50,000 in income that's just showing you kind of a demographic of those people asked cuz there was a ton of people asked there was people with million dollar incomes there were people that were in poverty so they were trying to get this you know media they were trying to get kind of the median result and it said that kids were twice as likely to say they felt sad angry scared than ever before the pandemic why do you think the pandemic has caused an increase in stress and sadness and scaredness within children
1: okay so the sadness is maybe because there's a virus and that's dangerous they have to wear masks everywhere but mostly they can't hang out with all the people that they're with they can't go to school which some of us are missing um whatever sport the kid plays they play sports and all these other things that they might do uh anger um same as last same as the last reason fear um i feel like would be more of the pandemicness because everybody in their household could get ill and then that's a little bit scary and Maybe they're not sad or angry to not be with their friends. They're afraid. I mean, yeah, so that's that.
0: Yeah, the, the study also said that they had questioned the five to seven-year-olds, and specifically in that group, one of the reoccurring themes that were caught is why you were sad or why you were afraid or scared. It was because they thought that they were going to lose their home. Imagine if you felt when you woke up, you could hear your mother talking or you could hear me talking and we didn't—we weren't talking directly to you, but you heard us upstairs and we kept saying things like, we're not sure how we're going to pay the bills. We might have to leave here. We might have to get out of here. That's a whole nother level of stress on you. How would that make you feel?
1: It would make me feel very scared because... If my mom started talking to uh, Kevin back at my house, back at my mom's house, um, about bills and stuff, I would be very scared to move. I wouldn't want to lose my room. I really like my room. And um, I'd have to leave my house behind. And I don't want that. I don't want that. No.
0: So I want you to... Give some advice, Rachel. You're the 11-year-old. I'm not. I'm your dad, okay? So I'm not in your shoes. But I I want you to think there are thousands of people that are listening right now, okay? And some of them are parents, okay? Some of them are aunts and uncles. Maybe they don't have kids, but they could impact their nephew or their niece or a child that they're friends with, okay? Give us some advice from an 11-year-old's perspective. Give us some advice. How can we help you? How can we make you feel better? How can we make you feel more loved during such a stressful time?
1: If you think your child is being sad, angry, scared, anything like that, talk to them a bit. Uh, Maybe hang out with them just to see what they're doing, make them feel comfortable, all that kind of stuff. Because we don't want the kids to be uncomfortable in this pandemic. I mean, that's normal, of course, but... We don't want them to be too uncomfortable.
0: So you know from your karate class you have interaction with other kids. Have other kids told you any stories about being stressed out because of all of this?
1: Um, No, they haven't told me any stories about being stressed out. Just stories about things that happened in the past nine to seven months.
0: What about your sister? You have a sister named Lola that lives with me and you have another sister named Ashley. Ashley that lives with you. So tell me about those two people too in your life.
1: Okay. So Lola's the younger sister. She will be turning 9 in late December. Do you think
0: she do you think she's stressed out about this whole all this stuff?
1: Uh she might be. I don't know. She hasn't really talked to me about the coronavirus or anything. And I'm sure if I tried to talk to her about it, she'd try to change the topic of the conversation. She's that kind of person. Um. So, I'm not sure how she feels about the pandemic. I think she might find it okay. I don't know. And, okay, and then my older sister, I... I mean, mom has told me that, uh, earlier on in the pandemic, she was crying about something? I don't know. She- mom told me that. But now-wise, all I know that Ashley does is be in a room, be on a computer, occasionally go into the kitchen to get something to eat. I don't know what she does. She just does things. I mean, she still looks like she's enjoying herself whenever she's on the computer, but...
0: Spends time with that bird, huh? Beep. (laughs) All right. Well, I am so proud of you, and I'm really interested in hearing more about your views and thoughts on a myriad of topics, not just today's mental health. But you and I have talked about this episode. We know how important it is to reach out to other children and uh, and to really pay attention to how kids are feeling right now because I think that that's I think it's overlooked I think I think parents are stressed and people adults are stressed and they're they're so stressed that sometimes they're not really paying attention to how all this is impacting their kids Mm -hmm. so I want to just thank you and I love you Rachel and I really appreciate you for being here
1: okay I love you too
0: you were listening to the pharmacy podcast nation's pharmacists focused on mental health. We didn't have a pharmacist here today, but I did want to get the perspective of um, a child and my own child's perspective on this pandemic and COVID-19. If you're stressed, if you're feeling bad, if you want to talk, reach out to our organization, reach out to our offices. We have 50 plus pharmacists that are hosts and co-hosts of this platform. We've just partnered with the APHA, the American Pharmacists Association. They do a podcast called Locked on Pharmacy. There are so many resources here. We'd like you to call 412-585-4001. That's 412-585-4001. And we will help any way that we can. And as always, we love you pharmacists for everything that you do. And I thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network.